As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll look at a couple of Cubs hurlers and a surprising power source. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. I have That's not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Wednesday, May 5th. I'm Al Melker. I am here with Derek Van Riper and DVR. Juan Soto is back, sort of. <laughs> he was activated on Tuesday. Uh, did not start for the Nationals against uh, Atlanta. Um, however, he did pinch hit and he struck out. So um, time to drop him way down in the rankings. Yeah, absolutely. The good news is they have an interleague series coming up this weekend. So even if he's limited to pinch hitting in the series against Atlanta, he should have the chance to DH over the weekend. Or if he's playing in the outfield, there's still room for Yadiel Hernandez for a few more days. So that extra spot actually comes up in the schedule at a pretty convenient time for the Nationals. Yeah, no, that is very, very well timed because, yeah, the issue for Soto is his ability to throw coming off of the shoulder strain uh, in a matter of time. Of course, he'll be he'll be uh, playing the field. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a little bit of uh, a wait and see game for the next few days for uh, for Juan Soto. And yes, that was a joke about dropping him in the rankings, just to make sure uh, everybody knows. Uh, Jacob deGrom, he had an MRI on his lat and it just merely revealed some inflammation. So uh, basically some good news there for Jacob deGrom, but uh, will not uh, pitch for a, a few days until uh, that subsides. Christian Yelich back on the injured list again, still dealing with uh, his back issues and yeah, I brought up rankings before DVR, as you know, because uh, you you helped me out a bit with these. Uh, I just did some rest of season rankings that are now up on The Athletic. Yelich was a hard one to rank even before being put on the injured list again. And now, uh, you know, I, I really feel like there's a range, a wide range of possibilities for his um, playing time and performance rest of season. Yeah, I'm very concerned just because it was only one game back and he seemed to have plateaued in his recovery about a week to 10 days before he came back, which seemed kind of strange just given that they had previously described the injury as a relatively minor one. 
I imagine further tests are going to be performed, and if anything new is revealed, he'll be sidelined longer than he was the first time that he had this injury. So I would definitely plan on him being down for several weeks rather than the 10-day minimum. If he comes back in the 10-day minimum, it's a bonus. It's a good thing for you. Uh, The Brewers are woefully thin offensively. They've had all sorts of problems this season. We talked about Keston Hira getting demoted on yesterday's show. So I'm curious to see if they go out and make a move to add a bat with an early trade because it seems like they need it. Yeah, no, absolutely, especially with this uh, development. Uh, so speaking of developments, got a bunch of these uh, injury updates and uh, just going to go through these quickly. These are all situations that we'll obviously keep tabs on uh, in the coming days. Uh, Anthony Rendon out of the Angels lineup on Tuesday uh, as a result of having fouled a ball off of his knee. George Springer day-to-day still dealing with a little bit of fatigue in his leg. Rafael Devers. Uh, out for the Red Sox against the Tigers on Tuesday with the sore shoulder. Eric Kirilov uh, scratched on Tuesday with a sore wrist. Kevin Gosman on the COVID injured list uh, due to vaccine side effects, so we should see him back very soon. Jake Arrieta on the 10-day injured list with a thumb abrasion. Cubs called up Keegan Thompson. We're going to talk about him a little bit later on. Rugnet Odor and Martin Maldonado had a uh, collision on Tuesday. Odor is dealing with a knee injury, according to the uh, Yankees' Twitter account, uh, and is scheduled to have an MRI, so obviously we'll know more about that and uh, uh, nothing specific yet about Maldonado, although he too did have to leave that game early. Uh, now, Ian Happ and Nico Horner, they had a collision uh, within the last couple of days. Some good news for Ian Happ, no concussion. He does have a rib contusion. Horner, on the other hand, has been placed on the IL with a forearm strain. Luke Voigt has started a rehab assignment with AAA uh, Scranton Wilkes Bar and uh, could be back within a couple of weeks. And same for Brian Hayes, uh, who faced live pitching on Tuesday. So those are your rapid-fire injury updates. Uh, let's go to the Tuesday standouts, DVR. And I said we would talk about Keegan Thompson. The Cubs had not one but two really interesting pitching performances to talk about. Kyle Hendricks pitching a short and complete game in the first game of that doubleheader, pitching all seven innings, just one run allowed on seven hits and a walk, six strikeouts. Simple cause and effect because I finally got around to benching him. Yeah, you've got the magic touch. Uh, lately, when you put a guy on the bench, good <laughs> things happen. So please alert us when you make moves like that yes. so we can all adjust our lineups accordingly. It's the same plan we have. Jake Seeley has all the injured players. So Jake is required to tweet his rosters out every Monday so you can make sure you trade away the players that Jake has. Yeah, so yeah, first Kent Maeda, now Kyle Hendricks. So hopefully he is uh, on the road to uh, being more like himself on a regular basis. And in that same game, by the way, against the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw lasting just a single inning. So very aberrant performance for him. And the second game... Keegan Thompson started, uh, just went three and two-thirds innings, but was scoreless uh, on a couple of walks, a couple of hits, uh, two strikeouts for Thompson. And I don't know that this is particularly notable in and of itself, but I think it's a signal that he's probably the next in line if uh, the Cubs do need to fill a vacancy. Now, Arietta going on the injured list, so maybe that provides the opportunity. But that that rotation's really thin, Uh so Zach Davies has just not been good. Trevor Williams hasn't been great. So it seems like there's an opportunity here for Thompson maybe to settle in and get some innings this year. Yeah, I mean, he's shown an interesting three-pitch mix, fastball, cutter, curveball. Didn't pitch really that much in 19, obviously. No one pitched in 2020 in the minors. So 
a relative unknown just in terms of how much development has occurred since he was at Double A a few years back. Uh, and I would agree with you that the system's pretty thin, and some of the other top prospects really aren't quite ready to contribute. So, in the short term, Thompson does make sense as a possible solution to fill in. Yeah, and uh, same thing for you, and and I'll only maybe even some uh, some deeper mixed leagues. So, we'll see uh, what uh, what happens next for Thompson. Uh, now, Oscar Anoa. Um, another good start for him. Not quite as many strikeouts, only four and seven innings against the Nationals, but just uh, one run unearned on four hits and two walks and hit his second home run of the season, a grand slam, a monster grand slam home run from Manoa. So rapidly becoming one of the uh, more fun pitchers to watch. Yeah, uh, definitely with you there. And uh, I just I said this before, I really didn't see this coming from him this season. I didn't think he had a clear path to leapfrogging some of the other young starters that have been in the mix for the Braves. Yeah, yeah. So I think time to definitely start taking Inoa seriously. And Dylan Cease really rounding into form uh, this one again, this time against Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Uh, so very, very nice start for uh, Dylan Cease going six scoreless innings, just one hit allowed, 11 strikeouts. So up until this point, Cease had been somebody that I'd really been playing the matchups with, but tough venue, um, you know, can be a tough Reds lineup there. So is it time to start Cease a little bit more regularly? Maybe. I think the problem I have is he's still walking a lot of guys. So his margin for error as far as allowing home runs is pretty thin. To this point, he's done a good job keeping the ball in the park. Historically, he hasn't. So I don't know if he's completely fixed all of his issues. But the good news is he does have that K rate back to where it was when he debuted in 2019. Actually, it's going to be quite a bit higher than that once we factor in the start from Tuesday. So uh, I'm definitely encouraged by what we're seeing early. But I'm not all in yet on Dylan C's. He's not quite set it and forget it for me yet. All right, uh, let's look at a few hitters really quickly here. Andrew Cutchin with a two-homer game really needed that one because he's off to a slow start, but now he's doubled his home run total to four. Both of those home runs off of Eric Lauer, so that's a pitcher DVR that you and I talked about on a recent episode, and it's it's sort of a strange start for him because it was it was a good start except for the fact that he gave up three homers to to to, to McCutcheon. Yeah, I, Philly's one of those parks I don't stream in really ever, so. Fortunately, you know, Lauer wasn't really on my radar for this particular turn. I do think he's still interesting enough where you can spot him in if you're careful about the usage. But uh, Andrew, Andrew McCutcheon got him, as you said, in a pretty big way on Tuesday night. Yeah. And Robbie Grossman. Now, I'm thinking back to uh, an early episode this season. Uh, and I think it was you and I. Maybe it could have been Michael Beller. You know, who knows? You know, back in early April. Uh, you know, who can remember? But uh, <laughs> I remember uh, being sort of dismissive of Grossman, and um, you know, thinking that uh, you know the Tigers are maybe you know blocking Victor Reyes, and uh, you know, doing it for for a guy who's basically been a fourth outfielder. But after a slow start, Grossman's uh, really producing and had a big, big game against the Red Sox. Reached five times, including three hits. And two stolen bases, that gets his total up to six. So all of a sudden, Robbie Grossman's looking like maybe he's got a little bit of 12-team appeal. Yeah, it's interesting because he ran a lot more than we expected in the shortened season as well. He was 8 for 9 in 51 games for Oakland last year. He's already 31 years old, so it's kind of surprising to see him running a bit more at this stage of his career. But he's 70th percentile in sprint speed, so it's not like there's any sort of raw speed issue there. He gets on base a lot. It seems like he's picking his spots carefully. 
maybe we are talking about an unexpected source of 15 to 20 steals this year if the playing time holds for him in Detroit or if he ends up getting traded into a better situation. I do wonder if on a better team, if he wouldn't get quite as many green lights since the Tigers are finding any way possible to manufacture runs. Yeah, well, the uh, situation certainly matters. Maybe he'd be a trade candidate down down the line, but at least for right now, looks like he is getting that green light. And another player that I think you and I have both been a little dismissive of at times is Rymel Tapia, but he had his fourth home run of the season on Tuesday against the Giants. A little bit more home run power than I think we could have expected from him. Uh, and it's not that necessarily Tapia is showing more raw power. He's just making a lot of contact. He has just 12 strikeouts and 111 plate appearances, hitting 324, and then you add three stolen bases to that. And uh, it's a pretty nice profile so far. Yeah, it's the year of the Nando, as I tweeted <laughs> on Tuesday. A lot of Nando's guys are thriving. Tapia, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Yermin Mercedes, Yadiel Hernandez is getting that opportunity. Basically, what I'm telling you is when Nando tells you he likes a guy, listen. And I believe in the most recent episode of Under the Radar, he was talking up Ahmed Rosario again. So you're just waiting for the Ahmed Rosario heater now, given Nando's track record here so far in 2021. All right. So you know to listen for from Nando and from Jake and, and myself. Uh, <laughs> it is the year of the Nando. That's a good observation. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, well, uh, a bigger slate uh on, on Wednesday uh, than certainly we had uh, back on Monday, but um, not really a lot of great streamers. So I'm just going to give you three to, to consider here, DVR. Yusei Kikuchi against the Orioles and uh, their ace, John Means. Eric Fetty versus the Braves and the return of Max Freed. And Martin Perez against the Tigers. So that's certainly a matchup we like. Uh, they'll be running out Casey Mize. So do you like any or all of these streamers really only Kikuchi I still don't like throwing low-end starters against the Braves which is what knocks Fetty out for me Kikuchi was sort of a lot of other people's sleeper who I became interested in over the course of draft season and that's never a good thing when you aren't leaning entirely on your own judgments Uh, I do think the ERA could still come down from the 440 we've seen thus far. I think a home start against the Orioles is absolutely one of those spots where you have to use him. If you've rostered him at all this season, he's in your lineup. And if you're looking for help on Wednesday, I think he's the best of these three options by a decent margin. All right. Uh, Well, normally on uh, this Wednesday show, we have a prospect section. Now, the minor league season has just started, so we're going to give it a week, see what kind of interesting things happen over the next week, and do something a little different here. Uh, Because I took a a look uh, within the last couple of days at the uh, Baseball Savant Exit Velocity Leaderboard uh, for Flies and Liners. So I just did a a sort of uh, every hitter who has at least 25 Flies and Liners combined. It's actually almost 200 hitters already so far this season. 
the top 10 looks exactly pretty much how you would expect. In fact, here's the top 12 from number 12 on forward. Joey Votto, maybe a bit of a surprise at number 12. Then you got Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Franmil Reyes, Shoei Otani, Mike Trout, Nelson Cruz, Bryce Harper, Fernando Tatis Jr., Aaron Judge, Rafael Devers at number three. And in a virtual tie at number one, Byron Buxton, not a big surprise there, and Evan Longoria, both averaging 101.4 miles an hour on their flies and liners. Uh, Longoria is not rostered in a majority of the leagues on any of the the major platforms. So it, it seems to me that since he's putting up power numbers and backing it up with a lot of exit velocity, that maybe we need to go out and at least ride the hot hand. Yeah, more walks than ever and hitting the ball in the air as much as he has at any point in the last five years. So there's a couple things that have changed there. I'm in because of where he's hitting in the lineup, at least for the time being. The playing time is there, so I think if you're in a 10 or a 12-team mixed league and Longoria is still on the wire, you want to go ahead and pick him up. All right, yeah, just think about that company he is holding on that leaderboard. That's uh, legit stuff from him. So uh, that's going to be a wrap for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you do have an opportunity to rate the show and review it, we would really love and appreciate it if you do that. So we thank you in advance. And uh, for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Thursday.